We are the Coin Boys, your average everyday crypto bros. That's right. It's Andy, aka producer, BTW or producer, by the way, on Twitter. Daniel Gutierrez, right there. What's up, everybody? What's going on, man? Nothing much. Um, I'm glad that we got through this. It was nice. Oh yeah. Uh, it's all, the 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 beginning is always a stumble. Well, the beginning kicks everything off, though, so it's always exciting. But you want to get it perfect. Yes. You know, so the ending can be a little, little staggering. Yeah. But the beginning has to be on point. All right, then I'll uh, agree with that. But everybody, thanks so much for coming back and listening to us. Uh, we have some cool guests on the show very uh, coming up very soon. But yes. before that, before that, I just wanted to mention that tomorrow we are dropping our Everypedia episode with uh, David Leibowitz. And I just wanted to quickly, right off the top, we're going to throw to a little clip here. So the IQ token is the utility token of Everpedia, of the IQ network. So in order to edit and and uh, be a part of Everpedia, you have to put up a little bit of the IQ tokens to make an edit. And then once you, uh, let's say you submit an edit for 50 IQ tokens, then the community can vote using IQ tokens. And uh, l- let me clarify, you have to stake the IQ tokens for brain power. So once you stake the IQ tokens for brain power in the Everpedia network, you can do all those actions. So there you go. I actually, you know, they're they're local to the LA scene, you yeah. know, so we and know them. They're, uh, what they're trying to do is ambitious. Um, I hope it works. Of course, we always, like all these projects like this, we always want to know how it all plays out. So I'm yeah. excited to see what happens. Yeah, so check that out tomorrow. And also, if you want to listen to some older episodes, we have a website. It's called thecoinboys.com. Yes. And we have a SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play. But SoundCloud actually has a lot of our tracks if you really want to go back. Yeah. But free, uh, recently, we had some really good guests. Uh, it's a new year. Some fun stuff going on, right, yeah, Daniel? And we're doing a lot of blogs. We're about to come out with a blog uh, kind of explaining... Uh, Ethereum wallets a bit and how to set one up. Um, I I've set one up before, but I never really thought about the steps and how to explain it. And I realized it's really confusing. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. And uh, if you notice, this isn't the first blog, Daniel. We've had some other ones, and we're starting to do a little bit more news stuff. So look out for more Coinboys centric news from our own our own hub, which yes. is thecoinboys.com. And what we're trying to do with that is we definitely want to take our time in releasing a news blog. And the reason being is quite often in this space, the initial report, whatever the initial report is, is usually wrong mm-hmm. or FUD or something. So you want to, uh, we, we want to take about a week before we really re- say anything about it because within, the, within one or two days, uh, the, the truth kind of comes out. What? Yeah, and and we just want to thank our old fans. First of all, anyone that's been here since the beginning. It's been a, almost a little over a year now. Uh, thank you. Thanks to anyone new. Thanks to anyone that has joined us because of our wonderful guests coming up, which is Crypto Sanity and Hack Crypto. Uh, and actually uh, excited to have him because we're going to go into some block news. And that's right. We're going to talk about some new news tonight, Daniel. So why don't I just get them right on the show? And here they are, live from a coffee shop. We have Steve... <laughs> From Hack Crypto joining us. How you doing, Steve? Doing great, guys. Thanks for having me. And then, of course, we have Crypto Sanity. What's up? In studio. Woo! Uh, guest hosting as well. Steve, what, what are you doing? You're in a coffee shop. We could we could hear the, the spittering of coffee and the, the caffeine <laughs> being drank. How you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I think i uh, got a lot of projects in the works. So just down on the peninsula in the San Francisco Bay Area for some meetings and just relaxing at a at a Starbucks Reserve, the super posh version of startup Starbucks. What's the difference between 
like well, how is that super posh? Because I feel like every Starbucks is always like yeah, I've never experienced the reserve. It's like the difference of I think five dollars per cup. Oh wow! I think they, I <laughs> think they just marked up. <laughs> they just marked up the uh, the coffee. Smart, smart it, company. So uh, made it fancy. So Steve, really quickly, can you just kind of give a rundown of what is what it is that you do here in the crypto space for the people who uh, are first uh, getting to know you? Yeah, great. So I've been in the crypto space since February 2013. Uh, when I first figured out about it in Boston when I was going to school there and uh, really fell in love with the concepts of financial sovereignty and, and my backgrounds in economics. That's what I majored in college. And when I told my parents about it, uh, like the whole concept of crypto, they figured that education was going to be key and boiling it down for the basics of new beginners coming into the space. So what I did was I started creating content on Medium and then later expanded into YouTube. And now I reach a little over 2.4 million people every month across social media, uh, just basically telling people hack their crypto education through just basic core fundamentals. Because if you understand the basics and the foundational principles of crypto and just core economics, you can you can do a lot of things uh, because crypto is effectively financial sovereignty for everyone and uh yeah so crypto youtuber uh, entrepreneur i run multiple successful businesses outside of youtube but my passion is, is clearly creating content we are huge on education that's our number one thing we don't talk about price we're all about learning uh the ins and outs of the blockchain technology as much as possible so going from education we're moving over here to sanity <laughs> what's uh by the way, this is not going to be the first time you hear Sanity. Sanity is going to be a, a, a big part of the show as we go as we get moving forward. But I love it. Uh, uh, tell everybody what you do. Hey guys, uh, yeah. So I mean, I got into crypto just because I thought it was going to be an interesting investment opportunity, all that kind of stuff, and and then I just wanted to bring my uh, a little bit of wit and entertainment to it. Uh, I started off as one of the memesters, one of the people just creating content for fun and education, and as the uh, fun and education at first but then as we get into the bear market i was like okay people need to laugh people need to laugh bad uh so it was just a lot of the just content creation of entertainment in general migrated over to twitter learned about the huge community there and very participatory community that's where all the devs are, are speaking about stuff are talking about projects squashing fud all that stuff so then i just got really involved in some of the news and and you know just there's entertainment there's news there's a conversation going there yeah that's one thing that i can it's strange how much it's not strange. It's just crazy how much knowledge you have in terms of like the different people in the space. Yeah, uh, you, you trip me out with the amount. Of, like I'm like I don't know you were, if you were a detective at one point, but I know <laughs> I know what you actually do outside of outside of uh, crypto. But um, very, if you have any questions on somebody, and if Sandy doesn't know this person, they probably don't matter. That's true. That's <laughs> true. I got my finger on the pulse of like the community and the drama and the the rumors and all that stuff. So it's its own rabbit hole aside from crypto in general. I just want to go right into our news section, talk a little bit of news because, uh, you know, there's there's always something going on in crypto. And this is our news segment, Block News. And we're going to start with Daniel has told me that this first thing is, says SEC, but he's told me that there's some kind of like surprise about this or something. Do tell. No, really. It's just cause it's something that you know more about. So I like to get your, your first hand your first-hand um, reaction to it. And we don't really talk a lot of SEC news because it's a lot of fun. 
it's a lot of will they or won't they? Will they or won't they? It's hearsay and, and assumptions and yeah, exactly. All that stuff. But this one isn't on them necessarily. This is actually involving a company called Kick. Are you familiar with Kick, Andy? Yes, I'm very familiar with Kick. And what do they do, Andy? Uh, it's a messenger app, but what they do in crypto is they are, they are the their kin. They're the cryptocurrency kin. Exactly, and we've had we've done a show. We've done a show on kin in the past. If you want to take a, a listen to it, we'll probably attach it to the to this uh, podcast as well. But the SEC is finding them, finding them a lot. Oh, because they are they are saying that kin is a security. I kick, believe that kick. <laughs> Uh, uh, is actually com- uh, saying they're not a currency. They're not. They're, they're, sorry, they're not a security. They're not guaranteeing people that they're going to to if they buy this that they're going to get a lot of money in return as an investment. They are a currency. They use it as tipping. They use it to buy things on the on the store and, and in the app. And so it's basically in-app purchases. They're saying that it's basically as if Apple did their own thing in terms of Apple Pay. It's the same thing. They're not. They're they're not investing in the company if you're investing in Kin. And so that's their argument. And they're also uh, complaining and, and explaining that the SEC hasn't clarified any laws and they've had time to do so. And so it's because they haven't clarified anything that they're actually taking them to court. They're actually going to fight this. Should this should they win? It's huge for a lot of different ICOs who are being called uh, who are being compared to or being labeled securities who are being taken down by the SEC constantly. Oh, absolutely, that's huge. Good uh, precedent. Before I go into a rant, probably, Steve, <laughs> what do you think about uh, about this? As far as the SEC trying to put their feelers out and figure things out as they go, um, I do agree that it. They've taken way too long for any sort of regulation to help people. Um, as far as like the crypto influence space, you know, the, the benefit of them putting out some regulation around shilling ICOs was people now know the rubric to follow to do it, which I think is a big thing that people miss. Often people can spin that in a negative way, but uh, they did come out with some rules around at least promoting them. But as far as like, um, you know, the kick platform, I see it just, it's almost identical to the telegram gram that they're starting to do where, you know, they're, everybody's trying to be WeChat, you know, where you can send payments and use crypto within the, the messaging app and things like that. So I don't see it as a, a security crystal clear, but I do think that I like the fact that the article mentions that they're kind of bucking at the, the SEC saying like, Hey, you guys, really need to just give us some sort of guidance you can't really can't really throw stones at us if you have no rules as to why you're throwing stones so i think that uh yeah it's, it's a great two-sided argument but i do think that the sec in a way really just needs to give us some sort of north star to follow with some rules um and that'll open up the door for people to legally be able to to do these things and and not feel like they're always breaking the rules when they're just innovating, right? I think it's a good point. The SEC isn't that... Like, I actually think some of the things that they're trying to do are, are positive and, and definitely... You know, this is America we, where, where things are regulated all the way to movies and video games. Uh, so it's just a part of that act. But the problem is is that they're slowing the process in their own... They're like, they're like literally sitting on a lazy boy chair and pulling back and be like, whoa, oh, we'll get to that... We'll get to that file next week, Bill. 
Uh, wait, <laughs> Sally, we were supposed to deliver that later, but oh, it's three months later. Those kin people could wait, can't they? Uh, let's sue them anyway. Let's, let's sue <laughs> <find> them <laughs> anyway. I think there's two sides of it. It's like everyone's pissed off they're so slow, but I think they're also not sure what the hell they're involved in either. So we're all in this infancy. So, I mean, I don't know. To give them some credit, it's like they're also figuring it out. I mean, how do we know that they're not working really hard just trying to do the right thing? the right move and right now the bear market doesn't make it easy on anybody so it's interesting that they're they're you know they're at least saying knocking at their door crypto sanity what uh, overall do you think of this uh i think you guys are pretty much hit the nail on the head but the sec is kind of like a 300 headed dragon and i feel like some people want to do the right thing they're like well we need to regulate it to keep people protected and other people are just trying to fit this brand new thing in a really old box just saying oh well, this thing's new well it's kind of like how we always did securities before but it doesn't really come out like that. I mean, I think Kin has actually got, or Kick has got a good argument that they're using it specifically for a purpose. It's not the Ripple case, which I don't want to dive down that rabbit hole. Well, that's that was a security through and through to me. But with this, they never said, "Hey, buy this to be able to get money later." It's almost like an in-game currency from a video game, where it's like, "Oh, I have gold in this game, and I could sell it in real life for five bucks for a thousand gold." As time goes on, it increased in value because of popularity. Now that might happen with Kin, but I don't think that was ever their intention, nor did they ever label it as that. So I feel like the SEC is grasping at straws. They're trying to set examples for people, but I think they are sitting in that lazy boy chair, and then they're like, oh, let's just go after this guy. And it's like, no, <laughs> damn it. You should go after somebody viable who's obviously creating a more fraudulent kind of coin or token. Yeah, well, we'll see what happens with this. And we'll, we, and, and I do hope that the SEC at least moves things a little faster. If, you know, we and need, more correctly. And we need, because that's a part of adoption, especially America has to be a part of this because there's a lot of Americans in crypto. Mm -hmm. So I know Asia is super busy, right? But in America, we're like super involved too. Uh, so anyway, uh, moving on to BitGrail, Daniel, what is going on with that? If you don't know what BitGrail is, much like I didn't know what BitGrail was, uh, they're an exchange. And they're out of, uh, at least according to this article, the, the, there's, a, there's a case where they lost 17 million nano. Oh, that was them. Yes. Oh, yeah. I heard about that. So they lost 17 million nano. Uh, it got hacked, got stolen, got taken away. But they were blaming Nano for the loss. Mm. They blame. Uh, they bl They put it all on Nano, not on not on their exchange. Uh, in this judgment, in this settlement, the judges have said uh, that Bitgirl didn't take enough steps to secure all of the crypto that they had to to make sure that they were following all the procedures possible to keep everything safe. So. Bitgirl itself is responsible for giving back the money as much as they possibly can to the people who lost that 17 million nano. That sounds legit. That sounds appropriate. Yeah. Well, the whole reason why I'm bringing up this case is because this is the first time that I've seen where by, by a settlement, by a judgment being made in, term, uh, in terms of forcing these exchanges to finally own up to losses. I'm, Mount mm -hmm. Gox is a huge one that still people haven't been given back what they're what they're what's due to them well with mal gox didn't they they were forced to pay back their investors but not the the consumers which was kind of backwards it's like yeah protect the the big money and forget the little money screw it yeah i think that that is probably going to be happening more often as someone that did have funds on gox when it went down Ooh, it was good times pretty pretty uh upsetting upsetting time period for crypto where everybody was just out there saying it was going to zero this is the death of crypto very similar to some of the some of the things people are saying now uh of course but 
I do think that, you know, with things like Cryptopia, where, you know, you have breaches on a, on a big, 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 big scale with millions of users losing a lot of funds, I think that the exchanges totally need to be accountable. I think that they, they need to act more like custodians instead of these sort of wild, uh, wild middle grounds with troll boxes and people going nuts um, all over the place. And I, I think that it's, it's a good first example of a, of an exchange being held accountable after Gox because Gox was like, you know, 800,000 Bitcoin and they're going after pretty much every part of it in Japan. And, uh, it's really, that's, that's actually been a really unique case to follow. I've followed it over the years, um, uh, just cause they do updates from now time and time again. But I do think that we're going to start seeing more and more hacks happen. We're going to see more, uh, exchanges go under so like the liqui exchange they went out of business this morning oh like, they wow. just sent out an email to all Ooh, breaking news y'all uh yeah and they were, geez. Uh, yeah breaking news uh yeah they said that they couldn't they could no longer operate and they can't guarantee that the exchange is going to be live or the website's going to be live in february oh jesus the so, scramble has begun i think it shows proof of like hey we really need decentralization of exchanges so that these exchanges don't have to hold on to your money um, but here, here's the, f the interesting tidbit is that at WCC World CryptoCon, where Daniel and I were, uh, I believe we met there, Steve, and uh, Crypto Sanity was there as well. Uh, we met Cryptopia. We interviewed Cryptopia. Nice guys. Nicest yeah, guys, nice guys in the world. They bought me a shot. It was nice. <laughs> they bought Daniel a shot. And we interviewed them. This is, you know, this is before anything went wrong. And, and Cryptopia has always been considered like, hey, they're not like the mainstay exchange but they're these new zealanders that are trying to make an exchange right nicest guys in the world guess what i remember i asked them a question on the podcast i said how, how do you deal with security and after the podcast daniel was like you can't really ask that question you know and i was like but look hmm. now here we are what yeah. happened where was their security and the reason why i said you can't really ask that question is because if you you can still get hacked even if you take the right precautions. Now, it's not to say that, that Cryptopia didn't take the right precautions, but it was found that for sure BitGrail didn't, and for sure Mt. Gox didn't, yep. but I can't say anything about Cryptopia specifically. Now, clearly something went wrong. It's clearly something they have, to, they have to take a look at, but there's already an inherent kind of security within blockchain itself. Now the question becomes... Um, I guess we have to really figure out what do exchanges themselves absolutely need to do to 100% secure it, which I think that was your question, is how, what do the exchanges themselves need to do? And so, there, so in, terms of, in terms of that, that's where I was wrong. Yeah, but I mean, the answer is decentralization, if it's possible, and some exchanges are trying to do it. Uh, Sanity, what do you think of that? Uh, you are an openly yes. supporter of Binance, who yeah, I have no, yeah. we have no qualms with at all, yeah. but they own the money. It's so true. why, hypothetically, and this isn't real, mm -hmm. what isn't to say that one day the biggest thing like Binance gets hacked? A couple of attempts that were unsuccessful. Uh, there was an ex exploitation of the API, I believe, on one of the coins that they got to move some off. They froze it immediately. I mean, that's the benefit of somebody actually running it, that they're like, oh, some nefarious stuff is happening. Boom, we're going to freeze it. As long as they stay good intentioned, 
that helps everybody. But again, you're putting your trust in someone which is kind of against the whole decentralization movement and idea that we all want to be part of. Uh, yes, non-custody of funds, I agree with Andy, is the, the best. You're going to put your stuff up there for exchange, and if nobody else has custody of your funds, the onus is on you to not be part of a bad deal. So, I mean, that's the absolute best. I will say that there is there's nothing online that you should ever assume is unhackable. Nothing at all including Binance, which you know varies from being the biggest in the world to second, depending on whichever time of day it is. But I, what I do like is that CZ himself has allocated something like $3.5 million, or you know, don't quote me on that, but he had something. He's like, this is our bounty hunter fund. He's like, somebody tried to hack us and failed. I will give 100000 USD to anybody that le- gives a tip that leads to that person's arrest. So immediately, that's a deterrent that anybody's like, wow. oh, if I even try, they're going to send hackers after me with a big old bounty on my head. So... Uh, it's risk versus reward. And I remember CZ put out a tweet right after uh, Cryptopia got hacked saying, this is what happens, and he just kind of put down yes. Cryptopia yeah. for <laughs> several different reasons. But here's the difference. Cryptopia is a very small exchange compared to Binance, who has a lot of money to be able to say yes. outlandish things. Yes. You're telling me CZ ain't sitting on a mound of uh, gold? <laughs> he's I mean, through his Bitcoin like Scrooge McDuck. He's in you know? Malta. He's yeah. in Malta. The government accepts it. He does, you know, he's living the dream down there right now. Yeah. And I'm not saying in a bad way. I'm just saying, just be careful. Like, don't leave all your BTC on an exchange. You could trade a little bit here, throw it there, whatever you Mm -hmm. need. Just be careful, right? Yeah. And on a side note, I was talking to an attorney because I always thought that Coinbase, because it was FDIC insured, they're like, oh, it's, you know, it's US company, it's FDIC insured. And I was like, oh, it's okay for me to leave my Bitcoin on there. They are not FDIC insured for Bitcoin, only for USD that you have on there. Uh, that was a tidbit I didn't look into when I was talking to a crypto attorney, and he let me know that. And I was like, oh, <laughs> well, well, time for some cold storage on that. Yes. So I made the switch pretty quickly on that one. Uh, I think that part of the reason that they were hacked, because I actually, uh, a project that I'm uh, a co-founder of was listed on there like a, as a token. And I was close with those guys and talked to them a lot about everything that you know was, was going on. And I think that they were an actual legitimate exchange. Like They actually yeah. were custodial. They, they had mm-hmm. money. And a lot of these exchanges that are just faking volume and are just pass-throughs for you know some sort of anonymous person in the background (laughs) some entity that owns multiple exchanges that that is just passing through these these fake volume exchanges i think that that was why cryptopia was a target was because the the attackers knew that they were actually legit they knew that they had funds and that they were a legitimate exchange other than the exploit that they found wherever that was so but the bank robber goes i guess to the small banks too yeah right so smaller and easier to handle easier to handle easier to sneak around when you don't when maybe they didn't have or they didn't put the money towards the support that maybe binance is doing right now but i we don't know because anything can happen and and i never said i said hey cryptopia is always like the black sheep of the exchange world but here they you know and i was like but you know they're legitimate right i got some good shit coins there and i think i lost some spank in this hack unfortunately i probably (laughs) lost too (laughs) unfortunately 80 dollars of spank now (laughs) uh moving on to a story about nvidia which is the graphics card company of course Mm -hmm. uh they just announced uh today that their fourth quarter was awful um and (laughs) surprise surprise just like the chiefs go ahead but (laughs) What I like to remind NVIDIA is that, you know, they've always been in the crypto game, and I'm sure since the creation of, of crypto, 
And the creation of mining rigs, they real they the influx happened, but it wasn't until 2017 that there was just like shelves empty. Oh yeah, the and you couldn't were find pissed. it. And no wonder their fourth quarter is not the same as 2017. Nobody's building new mining rigs so, now, even though they're coming out with new technology. It's expensive. I will refer you to Brecky von Bitcoin, sir. It's <laughs> he's a rarity. So, I think it's kind of like. I mean, I guess it's you're supposed to say your your you're supposed to tell right publicly your losses. Or you have to. It, it's a uh, it's yeah. They're compelled to to post their quarterly loss uh, profits and losses if they're publicly traded. Right. Mm-hmm. But they vaguely didn't they didn't mention personally that crypto was a part of it. Obviously, but everyone kind of knows that the last <laughs> last three months of the quarter have been awful. Well, I think they actually benefit from that because they can benefit from people building mining rigs and being in crypto and really yeah. buying all their products. But as soon as they mention like, yeah, a lot of people in cryptocurrency use us, everybody's going to be like, drug dealers. They're using NVIDIA to buy drugs. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the FUD would spread. But here's the thing about NVIDIA is that they have they have two of these big industries at the, the in their hands. Like gaming is huge with, with graphics cards. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Steve, what do you think about like, I mean, I think NVIDIA is like they should just hodl their company with crypto because they're going to make that money again like crazy when, when, when there's a bull market again, right? I mean, Steve, how do you feel about, about that? Yeah, I think that they should embrace the industry uh, because clearly, I mean, I've, I was mining with AMD cards. I had 40 AMD cards running, Damn. Uh, like AMD RX 580s running for eight or nine months in 2017 and, and 2018. And uh, right when I capitulated on my rigs, cool. uh, I think that it was it was when the difficulty was falling off the cliff, like uh, probably three or four months ago. And mm-hmm. I, I I couldn't help but wonder why they weren't embracing and marketing to people like me when I was when I was about to sell them. I was angry that you know they hadn't done more in like I guess catering towards this space and i feel it's it's a little bit of a uh, you know a, a meme kind of thing to say but i do think that they need to embrace a space that is using the living daylights out of their product i, mean, I can't you can't you can't fault nvidia for, for I, I don't know if you can fault, i don't know when they learned that that's what their cards were being used for and and once they got that information, mm-hmm. how fast they could they could belt them out, or how fast they could they could just manufacture all those things. I mean, it takes time. I'm assuming to to do graphics cards. It's probably as soon as like 2013, 14, when mining rigs started popping up, like real focus. Your laptop could mine in 20 as far as up to 2012. You could mine on your own laptop if that's you wanted true. to. So it wasn't until after that you started to see the influx, and that's they probably saw the need around that that time. Well, I mean. Well, clearly they didn't, only because they uh, they they were fine for four years, something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, it was until 2017 that the big outcry happened when all the gamers were like, what the f- – like yeah. all the shelves were empty. They couldn't buy a good graphics card to save their life because every cryptocurrency user, which is above the status quo, right? A gamer will buy, what, one, maybe two graphics cards depending on their rigs, whereas a crypto miner will buy, as Steve said, 40 cards he was running at one time. So, I mean, that's, that's insane. That's well above the capita of what they expect their consumer base to be. Yeah, well, hopefully uh, they have that problem again very soon. <laughs> and then, by 2020, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's absolutely true. But hopefully, again, everything comes 
back up real soon because I would love a nice bull market pretty soon. I think we need it. The Um, salt is getting bad. Now, (laughs) I wanted to move on to one that that touches my heart, a story that touches my heart. I love comedy. I do stand-up whenever I can. I do uh, sketch work and all that stuff. Follow me on AP, at AP Yesterday on Twitter if you guys want to say what's up. Um, but uh, this, is, this, is, this is one called Pop... Uh, there's a popular Dutch comedian, and I don't even want to pronounce his name, but I'm going to try. <laughs> uh, Joachim Miller? I don't know. J-O-C-H-E-M-M-Y-J-E-R. Uh, He's a comedian out of Holland, and he was sick and tired of the resale ticket industry. He was sick mm. and tired of the, uh, you know, the markups. When whenever he was selling a ticket to some fans, uh, you know, these scalpers would straight up buy it, and then it would, uh, and then it would mark up the prices and resell it. Mm, scalpers. I hate them. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Ticketmaster's awful. Ticketmaster oh, owns scalping websites that people will buy tickets and immediately put it on. Of course right they do. Out of convenience. Oh, and their master. convenience fee. It's like, oh, $20 for a convenience fee. I'm like, oh who's my that convenient God. for? So there selling we go. it to me online. Jesus. Yes. So he decided to start uh, start uh, selling his tickets through a new website, uh, through a new site called the Guts Ticketing site. Mm-hmm. It's a G-U-T-S. They are using something called the GET protocol, the G-E-T protocol, where you are literally blockchaining your tickets oh so one ticket per wallet essentially so if you want to scalp it's going to be a shit ton of a problem for you to 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 go ahead and do that and he's successfully (laughs) and he's completely bypassed the middleman he doesn't need Ticketmaster anymore he can go and he just uses straight up this this protocol and they get their tickets genius simple as that i love it tickets on the blockchain sorry scalpers I mean, but blockchain is all about like eliminating middlemen anyway, right? And what is a scalper? A shitty middleman. <laughs> so yes. I applaud it. So according to this, you would have like a, basically a QR code, uh, very you know, very similar to when you get any sort of um, any sort of token, any sort of like think of it like a crypto kitty. You have proof that it's there. <laughs> it's but instead of a crypto kitty, it's a ticket. So um, you have a QR code. You scan it. Basically, you're just using your phone, and it's. Uh, it seems pretty straightforward. What I don't know, uh, what I don't know enough about right now, is does this Get Protocol strictly use um, strictly use crypto for payment, or if they also allow for USD payment or anything like that? I wasn't able mm. to figure that That's out. That's a good question. Because, because, that makes a big difference. Yeah, because when you go to the Guts website and they in the, uh, on the when you type in Guts proto, uh, the Guts ticketing website, they send you to this thing that looks like uh, an exchange chart, and you're seeing price fluctuation. Which doesn't make sense. And then when you go to, and then when you go to the website, it takes you to the GET protocol, not the not a guts website. So I'm not, I can't figure out exactly how he did it, and nor do, hmm. and I don't, I don't speak Dutch. So when I go directly to his, to his Twitter and all the other stuff, yeah. um, I can't figure it out. So, so if somebody could let me know, that'd be great. It's really smart in that, you know, with all these networks now, you know, applying blockchain and. And instantly getting supply and demand for the network, it, it, it is a really interesting space like ticket sales because, you know, ticket sales skyrocket in demand leading up to the event. So it would make sense that they would apply a, a network and like a market to that. It would make perfect sense that it would just almost feed upon itself leading up to every event. It's pretty clever. And I think yeah. it's also a genre, live events, hum- as long as there's humans 
uh, you know, whether it's cities or countries, there's events and live things, right? We still want to get outside, right? Mm, I'd like to put my live ev- events on the blockchain. <laughs> and just well, there you go. There. With ticket sales, you can. Okay. <laughs> but I don't want to see people. No. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I think it's genius. It sounds like it's got to be some kind of like non-fungible token. And I don't know how you would limit it to like one per person so they couldn't try to go outside the box and try to charge someone more unless there's a KYC. Anyways, I don't know the details, but I like where his head's at and I like what he's trying to do with this. Is there is when is this available and, and now? Uh, it's available again. It's just it's a little difficult to, to decipher exactly how it works. Exactly how it works, but you have uh, you have an app. You have an app, and through the guts app, which is probably why I'm having issues trying to figure out how, how to use it. It's only on your phone. Mm. Uh, you can go ahead and um, you can go ahead and buy your tickets right there on the app. It's right there. Just like as if I don't know if you guys have used uh, recently the AMC uh, A listers. Not I, yet. I ditched Movie Pass. Yeah, a lot of people are doing that. And right I now. and I went with the AMC A lister, and I'm really happy with it. But that and that, the cool thing is, it's all right there on your phone, and they use QR codes in the same way that they use, uh, in the same way that they use um, uh, that we do it for Bitcoin and 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 other cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. Um, you just have it right there on your phone. If you have multiple tickets, it's all within that same one QR code. I would feel like if this is successful, the way he does it, that it'll get replicated to the U.S. markets uh, pretty damn soon. I mean, the fact that it's all in Dutch now makes it hard, but it'll get translated for North American use probably pretty swiftly. So it's called Guts? Yeah. And it's the Get Protocol. Where is Mo and, and, and that guy uh, O'Malley? Oh, M- Mike I O'Malley. Saw, <laughs> uh, I saw you conquer Mo. the crag? <laughs> yes. I saw Mo. Uh, her husband is like a famous juggler. <laughs> he was like juggling what out the in Burbank. <laughs> that was awesome. Anyways, oh, that's Mo. my little uh, guts situation. All right, let's go to Mo. Mo! <laughs> if you guys ever... I, I, most of the people listening probably think we're crazy and never heard the of The old guts. Nickelodeon... Steve, did you ever watch show. Guts? Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. yeah. Guts okay. all the time. Good. Steve's with us. Maybe more people know Guts than I think. Like, well, yeah, and uh, Legends of the Hidden Temple. I mean, you got to weave it into the... What's the bigger, episode. Legends of the Hidden Temple or Guts? I think Legends. Nostalgia-wise. Legends actually got a movie made out of it recently within the past That's year and a disgusting. half. That's disgusting. I did stunt testing for that. <laughs> if you win, you left with a piece of the crag to take home. That was your trophy. <laughs> buddy of mine has that piece of the crag. He got, he, got, uh, he got to the top of the crag before anybody else. That son of a bitch. So uh, jealous. I want to buy it. Yeah. Nine-year-old me is super jealous. Holy crap. He's like a legend. He should make a YouTube video on that aggro crag. Yeah. And it would get a million hits. Then eBay it. You know Mo. You you have like degrees of separation with Mo. (laughs) He tipped her husband (laughs) while he was juggling in public. (laughs) Well, um, uh, that kind of wraps up our news side of everything, guys. Uh, And, of course, uh, this is kind of a new uh, style for us on the Coin Boys. We're doing evening monday episodes and then tomorrow we have everypedia is that did i say it right oh Dan? yeah they dox everybody they, whether you like it or not i mean <laughs> what do you think wikipedia is pretty much i mean it doxes everything information wise yeah. so check that out tomorrow and uh steve before uh, i let you go here and get out of that coffee shop unless you're gonna get more coffee um I just want to know uh, where can we find you? Where do you? Where can we send uh, people that might, might not have heard of you before? Great question. I'm definitely going to get some more coffee here. Uh, but <laughs> I'm on YouTube. If you just look up Hack Crypto, uh, I'm on YouTube there, and uh, you can find me on Twitter at Hack Crypto also. And that's where I'm spending most of my time. But yeah, I want to check you out on YouTube. Thank you for doing education. I think that is one of the, yeah. one of the most important things that we can do to aid in adoption later. So keep that up. Thank you. Thanks so much. And uh, 
Sanity, of course, can you tell us where we can find you? And then I want you to mention, you know, we have friends like uh, uh, Euclid and Goddess and, mm -hmm. and people. Please tell us about that show you kind of got going on, too. Yeah, well, I mainly spend most of my time on Twitter. Uh, so you can find me at Sanity Crypto because somebody took the Crypto Sanity handle, as it does happen. Uh, but then I'm also on a lot of my memes and stuff or on Instagram. That is Crypto Sanity on Instagram, but Twitter is where you can generally find me. And then our new project that we have uh, made, where I, we just finished episode four yesterday, is uh, CTMZ. So it is Crypto Twitter Magazine, and we are there to talk about all the drama and the rumors <laughs> and stuff that actually happened on Crypto Twitter, which if you're not on Crypto Twitter, I'm sorry. It seems a little incestuous for people to talk like that, but there is a lot of drama that happens on there, whether it's rumors, whether it's FUD, some developer talking about something or being misquoted or just two big accounts beefing or somebody picking on someone. So it's kind of like, you know, it's our, it's our drama. It's our talk show kind of thing, but we're just there to, to, to bring light to some of the stuff in all case right. someone comes up and goes, wait, what happened? Be like, hey. Watch CTMZ. So you can find that at CM CTMZ Live on Twitter. That's awesome. Uh, <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, Daniel, thanks for joining the Coin Boys with me. As always. I'm glad you had me. Thank you. <laughs> You're a very popular guest here. <laughs> I'm Andy. Uh, thanks to Steve with Hack Crypto and Crypto Sanity. Thank you guys for uh, having We'll me. see you guys tomorrow. Yes, uh, indeed. Not these guys, but you'll see us tomorrow. I'll be listening. All right. See you guys.